Welcome to Electric City Collective Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hey friends, your hosts today are Grace and Addie. Welcome to episode three, Authentic Community. Hey, what's up? I know Addie because she's my VCM leader and we have a lot of mutual friends at Anderson. We both are Anderson students. Yeah, we are. So tell me about yourself. Yeah, I go to Anderson University. I'm originally from Charlotte area. I live on Lake Norman with my three younger siblings and my, my parents came to Anderson and I'm a musical theater major here with a minor in Christian studies. Super fun to be able to combine those two together. I mean, I'll go from dancing like crazy sometimes during the day and, and maybe maybe singing my heart out immediately to systematic theology where we talk about the Trinity and things like that. So it's, it's a very fun dynamic up in up in the world of Addie and her major plus minor so (laughs) the way that I became involved in ECC is with Matthew just coming up and asking me because we have a lot of classes together because I originally was a Christian studies major moved to a minor different things like that so I would have a lot of different classes and it was in systematic theology with Dr. Stamps it was there that Matthew asked me to be a part of ECC and I was like man I don't know what that is but sounds great sounds really cool and I'll say yes. And so I said yes. And then I've been learning what it is. And I have become so much more passionate about it since joining it, actually. So it's it's been a very, very interesting process. Why did you decide to join? I honestly put my yes on that table because the people that were involved were such incredible people. And I've learned a lot from them. And I think that that is honestly kind of a cool tie to community, in fact, because it was their community and who they are as people and their choice to follow Christ in the way that they do that actually spurred me to say yes to something that I actually didn't really know much about, but I knew them. And so I knew that their hearts for it really focused on doing a mission that the Lord has set before them. What team are you on out of the three that we have here at ECC? Oh yeah, I am on the teaching team. So I'm going to get to preach and speak, which is really, really exciting. The first time I preach and speak is actually in like a few weeks. So I'm going to get to make my ECC preaching debut, which I'm really excited about. (laughs) Community is one of our core values that we have. It is actually our first core value. We believe in leading from a place of genuine vulnerability. So with that in mind, what does that mean to you? Honestly, I really think leading from a place of genuine vulnerability is being vulnerable with yourself and also being vulnerable with other people and vulnerable with God. And so, I mean, three tiers up in out, you know, all the different kind of things. And that is how community is formed, being able to be vulnerable with people and share life with people. And so I I personally feel that being vulnerable is so so important because A lot of times, especially with media these days and just, I don't know, college, you you walk by someone. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Bye. And that's the amount of conversation that a lot of us will have with a lot of different people. And then we'll go back to our dorms and and we feel lonely and we feel sad and we feel tired. And it's often because we are not pressing into that community. And that's super, super hard to be vulnerable, especially in a world of media where everything is honestly intended to look super great supposed to look super nice and and you show people how how your life is like 
look, here's a day in my life. And it's supposed to be super great. <laughs> you don't want to show, here's a day in my life. I just failed a math quiz. So super great. We love that. But like being vulnerable with the good things and the bad things is such a big part of community. And I think that that is how you're going to grow closer to someone. And so honestly, as a leader, we have to be the first ones to step into that vulnerability and step in into that community. And then it's going to encourage more people to follow that. But we have to take that first step towards vulnerability. And to be able to be vulnerable with other people, we're going to have to be vulnerable with ourselves and also vulnerable with God. And so that's why it's so, so important to be vulnerable in all three of those areas. Because if you're not, then you're going to start feeling pretty tired, honestly, because we weren't meant to walk this life alone. We were meant to walk it with, with people. As your second year of a BCM community group leader, how do you push the limits without going too far with those people who are pretty hard to like break? Not only with ECC, but I am also involved in BCM. And this is my second year on leadership. And I think I've learned so much from being on BCM leadership and leading a community group of girls. I've also worked for Windshape Camps in where I have been leading teams of people um, in different positions. And that has required me to be vulnerable with them. And that has required me to get to know people. And I think that that is how I would answer your question is like, sometimes people are going to be tougher. There are going to be walls and things that are put up. We do, we do that as like a defense mechanism. And I mean, I'm sure I have been one of those people before for people trying to find community with me. And so I completely understand that. But honestly, the thing is like the Lord never gives up on us and he is, he is never going to stop fighting for a relationship with us. And so the thing is like, I, I have to keep that in mind. Like the Lord honors these people and the Lord loves these people and the Lord values this person so much. Honestly, he values them and loves them more than I could ever even possibly dream of loving them. And so me, if I'm going to love the Lord and if I'm going to display the Lord properly, it is my duty. And it, it is a way for me to show my love of the Lord to other people by just consistently pursuing them and consistently getting to know them. And that honestly starts with, with my vulnerability sometimes. And it will start with, with me being vulnerable and me choosing to say, hey, I'll go first in vulnerability and then maybe maybe you can share one thing or two. And sometimes they, they will share, sometimes they won't. And that's just kind of how it works sometimes. But honestly, just continuing to pursue them. And I'm never going in and like, all right, at this point, they should have shared all their deepest, darkest secrets with me. It's We've, we've met four times, so uh, I don't know what's going on here. Because each person is going to be different, and they're going to share things, not share things. And sometimes they just need someone to have a shoulder to cry on, you know? And so you, I might not always even need to know everything, but just being there and being there and showing them that you love them is honestly the biggest way to pursue people who are harder to pursue in community. So this one kind of relates to more of like camp thing, like since we both worked at yeah. a camp, yeah, we kind of mm -hmm. can answer this as like, I feel like when the children leave at the end of the week, it's like, yeah. oh, like, oh my gosh, like sign my t-shirt, take a picture with me. And with that in mind, what is it like to be on a pedestal kind of in front of people preaching or mm -hmm. sharing or whatever that looks like? or leading a small group, like, how does that make you feel? And, like, how do you kind of avoid 
the whole mm. pedestal thing and then we yeah. like show them Jesus in that. Yeah, and continue to find community within that. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good question. So funny like, little camp celebrity story. So I was a speaker for the camp this past semester and so I spoke for over 5,000 people, adults, kids, teenagers, anything. And there's... <laughs> It's just really funny because this is probably my favorite story as far as camp celebrity. But one time, so my I, my job was a theme director and I had a camp name. People would call me Vibes. And so they called me TD Vibes, like theme director Vibes. And they the kids would always be like, hey, TD Vibes, what's up? And, you know, like dab me up. <laughs> like, it was super fun and crazy. But one time it was, I think it was week three of camp this past summer. One of my counselors came up to me and was like, Addie, you're not going to believe what just happened. I just had a kid come up to me and tell me that he was upset because they were getting a dog that afternoon. They're getting like a new puppy and their mom wouldn't let them name the dog TD Vibes. He tried to name his dog TD Vibes. I was like, that has never happened to me. This is insane. So like somewhere out there, like <laughs> there, there was a possibility of a dog being named TD Vibes and Luckily, luckily the, the mom said no, but so yeah, anyways, that's just a fun sidetrack story. But along with that, it can be really, really easy to be swept up in that and caught up in that. But the thing is, what I focus on is if you are going to be standing in front of a crowd or a group of people and you're going to be speaking something, then they need to know you. They need to know your heart. And I've talked about this with many, many people, but my job this past summer and my job, honestly, I feel as a BCN leader is I'm focusing more on my job off stage and whenever I'm not speaking and whenever I'm not preaching rather than focusing on whenever I'm preaching and speaking because that's really, really important. That's really, really good. But the thing is, if you haven't formed a relationship with these people and if they don't, if they don't trust you, if they don't know you, if, they ha if you haven't been vulnerable with them and them with you, then they're going to have less of a reason to trust you. And, and the thing is, like, there are some really big speakers, re really cool people out there who are incredible at speaking and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I think that it's really important, especially if you're in a camp setting and they see you around. And if I'm walking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll just sign autographs here and there, you know, and like, I'm not going to talk with anybody and I'm, I'm going to be the camp celebrity because I'm the camp speaker and I, I know everything. I'm more godly. That's no, I don't, I don't ever want to have that position. I want to have the position of hey, I'm learning from you guys and this is what I'm learning. And I'm just on a stage saying it and you guys can talk with me about that. And so I would focus on service. Whenever I wasn't on stage, a focus on, on service makes what I'm saying on stage or in groups more credible because then they're able to say, this person has been serving me. I know their heart. I know who they are. I know that they love me and that they value me. And so I'm going to listen whenever they tell me that, hey, maybe this thing that we're doing as a society, as a group, as a church is not all that good for us. Maybe we need to, you know, take a complete switch and turn around and say, let's turn our lives around and let's focus more on God. I can call people out in my, in my preaching and in my sermons whenever I have been vulnerable with them and whenever I know who they are, you know? It's just a lot easier to to represent Christ through service and all those kind of things. I mean, I think I think that's how God displayed it in the Bible is very much like serving people and um, loving people and talking with people, having a relationship with people that is going to verify and that's going to back up everything that you are saying in front of a group of people. And so 
honestly, it's, it's a lot about credibility and their trust. And so just building that whenever you're not like preaching or speaking. How do you encourage community in your BCM small groups or if you lead a small group for ECC or talking one-on-one? I think that encouraging community with myself as in like a one-on-one relationship is a lot easier than encouraging a group of people to like hang out and be a group of people. But honestly, something that I've done is just getting them to a place of vulnerability with one another. And sometimes that means that I kind of got to be quiet. You know, I got to shut up for a little bit because if I'm talking the whole time, if I'm speaking the whole time, then they're not getting a chance to connect with one another and look right and left. Because, I mean, how many times are you in a sermon, like say that you're at church alone and you're all listening to the same sermon, but how often are you able to look right and left and say, hey, who are these people that I'm sitting beside? Let's talk about what we're hearing right now that we are mutually hearing and what we're mutually learning. And so just getting a group of people to talk about what they're learning together is a really big thing. I love that question. So like, what is God teaching you right now? And that's a really, really big question. Bringing good questions for them to be able to talk about with one another and then also encouraging them to go and laugh together. Because the thing is like, I would do this for for camp things if I'm leading a small group or if I'm preaching, speaking on stage for BCM, anything like that, of course, I'm going to bring that over into ECC as well. But it's very much like if we can all laugh together, you know, and if we can hang out and we can enjoy what we're doing, then we have that common ground of enjoying what we're doing and and getting to be able to have a conversation through laughter. And because I think I feel like that breaks down walls a little bit. So then we can be a little bit more vulnerable after we have laughed and enjoyed ourselves. How do you feel the three ECC teams are forming a community? We've had many meetings, but we also like to do like little retreats and things like that so that we're once again able to do life together. We're able to laugh together. We're able to enjoy things together. And so that's breaking down walls. And then whenever we're breaking down walls, we start trusting one another. And when we start trusting one another, we're able to be vulnerable and we're able to share things and just be able to literally like bring each other to the feet of Jesus. And the most important thing about vulnerability and being able to break down walls is the thing that whenever you've done that, whenever you've been vulnerable with someone and shared something with somebody and and showed them the parts of yourself that you might not necessarily love, you know? And I I don't know, I think about in this song from Dear Evan Hansen, he, he talks about, he's like, what if everybody saw, what if everybody knew, would they like what they saw or would they hate it too? And so I think that a lot of times with vulnerability, we think about that in for ourselves as well, it's like, if I'm vulnerable, are they going to hate it? Are they going to hate me? But the thing is, if you are in a Christian community, if you're a godly community, and you're all pursuing Christ together, then being vulnerable, what's that? what that is going to do is, if we are following after Christ as Christians, is if we have repented from that, and we have grown from that, we can share that, and we can go to the feet of Jesus together, and loving someone, even though they feel like they can't be loved because of a certain something, is honestly really, really beautiful, and I feel like that's just a perfect display of Christ's love, is redeeming, and unrelenting, and absolutely nothing can keep God from loving us. Whenever we are able to do that in our community, that means that we're able to bring each other to the feet of Jesus no matter what. I think that we have been able to do that together as a team by getting to know one another, by doing retreats, by having fun meetings, by I, I know that we're, we're planning a Christmas party and different things like that. And so like it, it, I think it's really, really important to be able to share 
fun moments like that, again, to break walls down and then share in vulnerability and then through vulnerability, go to the feet of Jesus together. So how do you think being a community through ECC is impacting the way that we serve when we go out to these churches? Yeah, that's really good. And even through all of this, community is not an easy thing. And community is genuinely a spiritual discipline. It is a spiritual discipline. It is something that God has called us to do. We are, we are literally called to come together and to keep each other accountable. He wants us to walk together. Man was not made to live alone. Like we, we are called to live in groups and community. And so whenever we're serving together and when we're in community together, that is, that is a spiritual discipline and that's going to bring us closer to the Lord. And so like that in and of itself is worship, community is. But I think that whenever we are doing the spiritual discipline of community, we are going to be able to serve one another well and we're going to be able to serve a group of people better because the thing is, if we're all pursuing Christ in unity, if we're all, once again, going to the feet of Jesus in unity, then that is going to be seen. And that is something that has to be practiced, that has to be put into place, it has to be fought for. But people see that, and people will see unique community, and they will see godly community, and it's going to stick out. And, and so if we are unified in that, then I really feel like the Lord is going to use that in very many different ways because he uses service as a spiritual discipline, worship as a spiritual discipline, preaching, speaking, all kinds of different things. But we forget about community a lot of times. But that is a spiritual discipline that he uses for us, yes, but also for other people so that they can see it and that they will want to join that community and that when they do join that community, they're able to find joy and they're able to find life in that. How has community impacted you from past years, like maybe in high school or like early college to like now? I would say that in high school, community looked very, very different. Most of my friends in my community were found at my church. And I was really close friends with a lot of them. I still am really close friends with several of them, even today, like four years later. But community looked very different, and it was focused more on what is the future going to look like and how long are we going to be able to maintain a community like this where we see each other once a week. And it looked very, very different. It was very young, I guess you would say, my my perspective of community. And then I went to something called Impact 360. It's a one-year gap year program. There were 64 of us, and we lived there for nine months. It got cut short because of COVID. But that was probably the deepest community that I've ever been a part of because it was 64 people all together. Like we literally learned together. We ate together. We were all in dorms and all the different kind of things. And so we would hang out together, all the different things. And we just did every aspect of life all together. And so that's honestly what I thought that like true community was supposed to be and that is an aspect of community that that is a type of community and it was really really beautiful and it was really really special but you don't really find that much in in different places and you're not going to find community that small for that time doing the exact same thing and walking in the exact same direction very often and so that was a really really special community that I got to be a part of and that I got to just really break down a lot of walls in that but I think that I thought that that was what community was supposed to be like. And so then coming into Anderson, especially through COVID, where it was really, really hard to be a freshman and to come in and try to form community and create community in a place where it was kind of discouraged just because of COVID things. And that was really, really hard. And especially coming out of a year where I had like 
63 people who were there all the time doing everything with me. And so that was a really, really difficult transition, but the Lord has taught me so much about what community is supposed to look like and what it can look like. It's going to flow. It's going to change, you know, throughout your life. And I think true for my life as well. It's very much changed. It's very much looked different through each year in my life. And right now, I think my community looks like they're going to be people who I have community for different things. Like I have my roommates and I love my roommates super great. They're such a great safe place for me just to be able to come back. And at the end of the day, you know, we get to talk, we get to laugh. They're a great place for that. I have a couple friends, their names are Anna and Abby, and we're able to just be able to be so vulnerable with one another and be able to share all our different aspects because we we see life in very different ways because we don't live together, we don't have the same major, and so we're able to give a perspective that the other person might not be able to see quite often. And so they're just super, super fun to hang out with. And then I have BCM community and Christian studies community. I have theater community. And so it all looks really, really different. And it's not that you have to have one community in one place, but that you can have different communities for different reasons. You can have different friends for different reasons. You don't necessarily need a friend that's like one covers all, you know? And so, I mean, if you have that, that's incredible. But that's not necessarily what it looks like for most people. And so it doesn't necessarily have to look like that. And that's been my testimony is like learning that it doesn't have to look like that and learning that community is going to be different and it's going to change and it's going to look different in each season of life. Community is so important in my life because I have a tendency to be super, super confident in the fact that I'm like, I can do this by myself. You know, I'm a very independent person. I'm like, I don't need nobody, even though I am an extrovert and I love people to be around. I think I'm like, I can do this all by myself. But then the Lord is consistently showing me, hey, look, relationship is actually a way that I can speak to you. The Lord can speak to us through relationships with people. He can show us new things through community. And there are so many things I've learned about God through community that I would have never learned just by myself. I mean, Jesus walked in community. Jesus didn't walk alone. He walked in a community of people. And so he had people that he trusted and people that trusted him. And he had people who were able to encourage him. And that's why it's so important for me is I'm able to encourage people and I'm able to be encouraged by people. I'm able to walk with these people in my life and we're able to mourn together. We're able to laugh together. We're able to be excited together. And it's so, so important to have that because we were not made to be alone. Like God did not design us to be alone. And so it has been so important for me to honestly put off my pride and say, I need community and I need this because I am a human being. And that's how God designed me. Even though I'm super independent, God still designed me for community, just like he designed every other person for community. And so it's really, really important. And it's helped my walk with Christ in the fact that I am able to see aspects of Christ that I was never able to see before without having conversations with people, without being in these relationships with people. I mean, literally, there are so many things that people have taught me that I would not have learned by myself. I, I mean, I think about in letters with people, I, I like to write what the Lord has shown me through that person very much. I mean, just a quick example, community can even be like with family or something like that. But 
someone asked me the other day, like, your mom and dad, what what have you learned from them? What has God shown you through your mom and dad? And God has shown me through my dad a heart of diligence and then through my mom a servant's heart. And so I have learned these different things through my parents and through my community of family. And I've been able to see aspects of God that I don't normally see. I get to see those in my dad and in my mom. And I see those in my friends that are around me, different aspects of of God and who he is and their relationships with the Lord because God is teaching us all different things. And so I think it's really, really important. Ever since I was really, really little, like my parents would say that the only time that I was not talking was when I was sleeping, that I'd be in the back of the car and be like, and then it would just shut off. And they'd be like, oh, she's asleep. I love to talk, and so I think that the Lord has given me a love for speaking and a love for communication, and so I think from that, He's given me a sense of enjoyment in that, and I think when we enjoy something, we're going to be more prone to want to do it more often, and so I want to communicate more often. I want to speak more often, so honestly, like I think the Lord has given me chances to speak and preach, and, and He's given me a love for it. And he's given me a love for communication and using words to be able to build people up and to be able to lift people up. And so, yeah, the Lord has equipped me just with a love for it. And that's why I feel like I'm equipped to be able to speak and preach. But also because the Lord has sent me and he says, like, if the Lord is sending me, then I'm going to say yes. I might not necessarily feel all that equipped for it. But the thing is, if the Lord is sending me, then I'm going to say yes, because he is going to equip us along the way and he's going to be there with us on on the way. He doesn't necessarily like say that you have all the tools to complete this journey right now, but he's like, hey, I'm going to be there with you and we're going to be able to find that and we're going to be able to walk through that together and your relationship is going to be stronger because of the fact that you're getting to walk through this not necessarily knowing if you're equipped or not. I want to preach and speak and I want to teach people, but the more that I preach and speak, the more I am learning about God because I'm having to look at it in a different perspective and I'm having to say, hmm, how are other people hearing this? How are other people going to be receiving this? And so I think that for me, it's very much been like looking at the gospel or looking at a verse or looking at a chapter or a book or anything like that in a completely different perspective because I have to as a speaker. And so I think that the way that I can use that for the gospel is just being able to have empathy with people and being able to have uncommon unity with people because I've had to step into how I would think that they would feel and how I think that they would be receiving this information. Burnout is very, very difficult, and I have experienced that multiple, multiple times. But the thing is, if you are doing what the Lord has called you to do, it's going to be hard, and you're, you're going to not want to do it some days. You're really not. You're going to feel burned out. But the thing is, just press into that and press into the fact of this is for the Lord. This is not for me. This energy is going to come from the Lord, and I'm going to keep on doing this because this is something that he has called me to. I genuinely believe that the Lord has called me to musical theater, and I think he's called me to participate in New Spring, and I think he's called me to do ECC and to do BCM and all these different things, and they're all good things. And I've had to say no to some things, but... He has called me to all of these things. I truly believe it. And so what can I do to steward that well is honestly just to try to balance those things, first of all, and say yes and no to things in between those things. But also trusting that the Lord has me in this for a reason and not forgetting that.
not forgetting the purpose that I'm doing that. And my purpose for that is Jesus. And so going back to that relationship over and over and over again. Yeah, and literally pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances because this is the will of the Lord. And and so I'm going to continually try to rejoice in what I'm doing, even if I'm feeling burned out. I know that being a CCS major as a girl <laughs> and a preaching is very, yeah. very difficult. And I know that like a lot of people get you know, like burned by like past things or things people say, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? And why do you think like yeah. women in the church is important in like their leadership as yeah. someone who has leadership positions? If God has taught you something, talk about it. You know, if you're a boy, if you're a girl, if you're black, if you're white, it literally doesn't matter. Like no matter what you look like, no matter where you come from, if God has taught you something, then you should proclaim that and you should speak that out to the world. And that is so, so important. And and regardless of what people think about women being pastors or women having leadership in the church, that's that's not what we're doing here. And so I, I know that I have been called to preach and I have been called to speak. Doesn't necessarily mean I've been called to pastor a church, but and that's like a whole nother conversation, but I have been called to preach and I've been called to speak. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to proclaim what the Lord has done in my life to all the people. And that does not matter if I'm a woman or a man. I mean, I am a woman, but (laughs) it doesn't necessarily matter because the thing is Jesus has taught me some stuff and I'm not going to stop talking about it. So yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy, whatever. Just talk about Jesus. Why do you serve? Why do you lead? Why do you use those gifts? Honestly, because Jesus changed my life. And the Lord is genuinely like, when I say like the reason I wake up every single day is because I know I know who my heavenly father is and I know who my creator is and I know that God is good. That's why I wake up every single morning and that's why I do what I do because God is good and he's great. He is sovereign and he is loving and just being able to live this life in relationship with the Lord is the most beautiful thing in the entire world. And I have learned that. I have seen what it looks like to not be walking in relationship with the Lord. And it's it hurts. <laughs> it really, really sucks. And, and so because I have hope, that's why I do it. I have hope in Jesus and I have hope in who he is and I have hope in who he has made me to be and who he has made this, this world to be. And so I want more people to hear about that. And I think more people need that really actually no I don't think I know more people need that relationship with Jesus and they they they're desiring it they they're they're literally yearning for that relationship with Jesus and he has been reaching out to them and so it is my duty as someone who is a follower of Christ to share this hope that I have been given to share this this peace this joy this love and to be able to say hey there is something better out there And so that's the reason why I do what I do. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the ECC podcast. We hope you were encouraged to know that Jesus is your friend. Feel free to check out our Instagram at ecc.ministry and our Facebook page at Electric City Collective for more information or to contact us about scheduling your event.